The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Wild Card Weekend in the NFL, so we've got some juicy matchups to dive into on today's show. The Niners and Cowboys have all the makings of a playoff shootout while the Chiefs and Steelers might be Big Ben's final time under center. And it's going to be really cold and awful in Buffalo, so much so that uh, Viagra has been a big topic of conversation this week for uh, Josh (laughs) Allen. So let's just get right into it. Let me welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Josh Allen and his potential Viagra used to stay warm at some point (laughs) in the show. Uh, Of course, we'll get to our pick three, try to get you guys set up in your DraftKings lineups. But let's start with the Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Raiders were dominated by the Bengals in week 11. Derek Carr is the second cheapest quarterback on the Saturday slate uh, ahead of only Mac Jones, though. So, the first matchup featured a ton of Joe Mixon. And so I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm cautious uh, about the Cincinnati Bengals offensive weapons, because obviously you want to find a way to get Joe Burrow into your lineup, T Higgins, Jamar chase, but I am a little bit worried if they get out early in this one, we could see a ton of Joe Mixon like we did in that first matchup. So I'm curious how you guys feel about this game. I'm very excited for um, just to see what the Bengals can do here. Like, Uh, The Raiders, they came out and made this huge statement last week, obviously, and then it all fell to bits. Uh, The defense just started allowing anything and everything to come their way. Um, I mean, Max Crosby, outside of Max Crosby, like he was uh, basically the one thing that sort of kept that game together and helped them close out the win. Um, Like, thank God for him, because that defense, just Justin Herbert, uh, by the end of that game, was just picking them apart one by one I can envision Joe Burrow doing something very similar here in this outing um, which could make this a really fun offensive matchup to watch we saw Jamar Chase uh, really explode last week is it T Higgins turn this time uh, to maybe take over the reins I feel like we just see flip-flop back and forth 
Um, I think this is a game where you make a statement with your young quarterback uh, and uh, allow him to throw the ball, which he's been doing extremely well. This game is probably the most interesting game of the week to me. That or, you know, Niners-Cowboys, I think. In terms of, like, watchability, I this this is going to be right up there. Um, I, I had... Uh, mistakenly said that the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders are like the most balanced AFC team throughout the season. Right. Um, That ended up not necessarily being true as you know, they kind of lost momentum down the stretch for, for pretty obvious reasons, but you know, whoever wins this game has like real upset potential where, you know, if the Kansas city chiefs aren't the AFC champion, it very well could be whoever ends up winning this game just because they can they they both have an offense they have an all right defense and that is enough in the AFC where these teams are so one-sided where you look at New England and you're like yeah they just can't pass the ball downfield you look at Buffalo they can't run the ball um you look at the Steelers I don't know what we really expect out of the Steelers at this point and then the Chiefs have certainly you know had their issues down the stretch Tennessee you know all their star players are banged up so I really do think like whoever comes out of this like has the highest upset potential to kind of like make it through the entire AFC, honestly. Yeah. I'm curious to see the approach and, you know, the Bengals are basically coming off of a bye week They rested most of their starters in in week 18. And so I, I do think that, you know, even though Joe Mixon had 30 carries the last time they played, like the Raiders have to put up points and they know they can't, put together that type of game plan like they did in the first matchup and really to at that point in the season that was really when you know the Raiders were just kind of on a downward spiral with you know Gruden and Henry Ruggs and everything that they were dealing with when it comes to that and they still were able to kind of collect themselves and still figure out a way to get into the playoffs so I actually think the Raiders are a little bit more of a dangerous team than we're probably giving them credit for. Like Hunter Renfro has been a monster and, you know, Josh Jacobs coming off that huge game against the chargers. I, I don't know that I would expect that from Josh Jacobs in this contest, but I, I think the Raiders pass catching options have some sneaky upside. What, what do you guys think about Darren Waller who, He's been injured basically the whole second half of the season. Has not given you the type of fantasy production that you want. He returned against the Chargers, but he only had two catches and was virtually ineffective in the game. Are are you willing to pay that Waller price tag to take a chance on him in this one? I think you do. Um, And I think it's kind of interesting. We finally see Darren Waller uh, worked back into the lineup and then Foster Moreau finally explodes Um, But I do think one week under his belt, like this is a must win game, obviously. And this is a huge uh, statement game for the Raiders. I think they're very motivated. Like I think the Bengals are the better football team. And I think they are all obviously equally motivated. They haven't won a playoff game since literally before I was born. Uh, Were any of us alive the last time the Bengals won a playoff game? Steven, Justice? When was it? 91? 1990. 1990, I was one year old. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. The uh, Bengals and Lions are the two teams that I've I've never seen win a uh, playoff. All right, game. me and Justice, the babies of the group. Um, obviously, like the Bengals, Houday Nation, they have a lot to play for, and I just feel like they're uh, 
they've got all the right swagger. They've got all of the right components. Their defense has been much better than I think any of us would have expected going into this game. But I mean, the Raiders, I think like they are such underdogs that uh, just like spiritual underdogs. They, they really have a chance to um, give a, a big uh, hurrah to their uh, former, former head coach, John Gruden close the book on that chapter and say, you know what? Good riddance. We don't need you. I don't like the Raiders uh, as a team. I think the Bengals are the better team, but the narrative in this one could make this so much more competitive. Um, and I mean, Derek Carr, he like, I, I, I don't think they're as good a football team uh, as their record might indicate, but I mean, they do keep finding ways to stay in it. So maybe this is just my bias. The one X factor for me is still just Gus Bradley. And are you just going to sit there and stagnate coverages? Joe Burrow is like the one guy in the league other than like Tom Brady, who he'll just get into empty and be like, oh, you're in cover three. I'm just going to eat you up underneath. And like, there's nothing you can do about it. I'll just keep spamming these plays over and over again. And it's it really might be a test of the wills, really, for Gus Bradley being like, hey, we want to play three deep coverage. We don't want to allow deep shots, uh, take what's underneath, and and uh, Joe Burrow just taking everything underneath. So that's something to look out for. If if I'm a Raiders fan, that's the biggest thing that worries me. That and then the fact that like your owner kind of already wants to start the uh, coaching hiring experience and you have an interim and you might be going on like a half-decent playoff run. Yeah, I... I do think that the rested Bengals and them, you know, kind of trying to rewrite history and get this first playoff win and also trying to announce themselves like, you know, even if we don't make a Super Bowl or something crazy this season, we are here and and we're coming for that crown because I think that they have that kind of upside, at least on the offensive side of the football I could see them like really coming out of this thing swinging and not just leaning on Joe Mixon and really attacking the Raiders and that Gus Bradley defense down the field because the Bengals have stars. So obviously I want to load up on those guys and for the Raiders, I think it's Hunter Renfro and maybe you want to get Josh Jacobs in there. Would you guys be willing to take a chance on like a Zay Jones? Cause I do think that the Raiders like you need, you need gunslinger Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr has these games every now and then where he just goes nuts and he's taking shots down the field and, and he puts together these monster fantasy performances. And then he has a lot of duds. You you need that fearless Derek Carr who will take shots down the field. And he's been doing that a lot with Zay Jones lately. I actually think Zay Jones is uh, really pretty kind of intriguing. But Steven, I think you hit the nail on the head. It definitely depends on which Derek Carr you get. Um, there is the Derek Carr that, uh, like you said, he, he can come out, he, uh, throws deep, he throws deep accurately, but then there's Derek Carr that I like, it's just, it's so all or nothing at times with Derek Carr. Uh, you might just get the guy that just looks, uh, defeated coming out. But I mean, at, at $4,000, uh, I think he's probably the best option that you can get on DraftKings in that price range. Uh, you're talking about uh, him being similarly priced to like uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, just above Isaiah McKenzie, um, just behind Emmanuel Sanders, who really has done nothing to close out the season and has a much worse matchup. 
I think Zay Jones is a pretty intriguing option uh, with plenty of upside. It, it, if you're looking for some salary cap relief, I like that a lot. And that leads us to our first NFL reacts poll of the day. Does an NFL record set over a 17 game season carry the same weight as one set during a season with fewer games? 32% of the audience said yes. 68% of the audience said no. I'm actually surprised that the audience kind of agreed that it really shouldn't matter that they're playing 17 games, you know, like TJ Watt tying the sack record, but he really did it in 15 games because he missed two games this season. Like, I don't think that we should put that much weight on them having to play an extra game and setting these records because what are they going to (laughs) do? Like, yeah, you want to do it in 16, I guess, but like you're just out there playing and trying to make plays for your football team. Yeah. It's not uh, as though the players petitioned for an extra game on the schedule. um, So they could uh, work on these, these records and break records. But I mean, like if you want to nitpick about that, definitely look at games played. It's not, you can remove the player from the fact that the season uh, has been extended. Just appreciate good football is all I'm, is all I'm saying. But as uh, somebody uh, adamantly rooting for TJ Watt uh, and who was very disappointed when they called uh, what should have been a, uh, what was that? A a strip sack fumble. uh, That should have been a play. It was called an aborted play. It would have set, uh, it, it would have put TJ Watt in position to break the, the, the stray hand record. Um, and you know what? I don't care how many, how many games it is. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy to see, uh, successful football players, uh, doing successful things. I like good football. The statisticians thing is such an interesting angle, right? So that that's someone in the booth in Baltimore making that decision that that's not a sack for TJ Watt. I know uh, it was a thing. There's a sharp that I know who's like really into like IDP leagues. Um, And one of his things was like over targeting Cleveland Browns players because they're like in-house statistician or whatever just gives them crazy assisted tackles numbers. Like every single tackle is an assisted tackle. Seriously? Is this a thing? That's fantastic. It it was a thing like three years ago. I don't know if it's still a thing now, but yeah, I mean. That, that stuff is so funky, and, you know, we dealt with stuff when I was working with the XFL, and I think it was, like, Champions Data was was doing our play-by-play stuff, and one of my jobs was basically to kind of do uh, quality control on their stats keeping, and it's, it's weird and it's hard. Like, I've talked to people from PFF about this stuff, and they were like, if we were in charge of doing, like, live stats, we would be terrible at it because they're, like, not built to do it, and it's a very hard thing to do. Um, so yeah, all that stuff is tricky. I have, I have two thoughts on this 17 game thing. One, did we see the Florio report about uh, the NFL going to 18 games soon? No, stop, please. No, he, for some reason thinks that, uh, because of gambling money, which, you know, obviously is floating around right now. The NFL I've heard needs of gambling. to, yeah, I, I dabble. Um, <laughs> He's, he basically said that the, the thing the NFL needs to do is increase inventory. And the way that they're going to do that is getting up to 18 games and 40 teams. So that you go from like 500 games basically to like 700. So I guess you do, you know, increase your amount of, you know, inventory as he puts it by, you know, almost, almost half, not necessarily half, but almost half. But that seems like such a big jump to me. 
players already don't want to they really don't want to play a 17 game season the owners just want there's, oh they it's money it's all money um it like that is what that's uh, always going to be about that's what the 18th game is about the 19th game the 20th game that's what all the extra games are about it's all uh about signing those checks uh and support supporting Roger Goodell's uh humble service to the NFL um, but you know what? I, like Michael Florio, he drives folks nuts, but he's a pretty smart dude. And I feel like the NFL's probably over there taking some notes, uh, which I, I think the NFL PA might have some some things to say about that. But I, I'm uh, always willing to bet on Michael Florio to have a, a good sense of direction in terms of NFL operations. Yeah, but the, there's already plenty of bad football. Like adding more just seems like we're gonna get more bad. People football. watch bad football, though, Stephen. We had uh, the Chicago Bears Detroit Lions game as one of the top watched games. Of course, it was Thanksgiving, but we know how bad that game was going to be this year. There was no question about that. You don't even have Matthew Stafford to put this game on his back. Uh, and it was one of, I believe, I think it was the top four most watched game in the entire NFL season, people don't care. People want to watch football. Um, I mean, the NFL is like a, a pyramid marketing scheme and they do it all, all, all correctly. And it's still working for them. I mean, I am part of the problem because I do just watch every game. I think the only, <laughs> game, I think the only game I sat out this year was that Monday night football game between the dolphins and the saints. And it was, it was Ian book was the, yeah, that, that was just tough. like, Nope. I watched the watching. quarter of that. I watched a quarter of that, and right right when uh, Ian Book threw that pick six, it was like, you know what? I can use my time better than this. And it, to yeah. be fair, we did just collectively spend the last Sunday night football of the season essentially rooting for a tie. Everyone other than Kate was rooting for a tie in that That's situation. rude. <laughs> we, yeah, was, no, uh, we, there's like four or five of us Steelers fans left who were uh, not rooting for a tie, but like Derek Carr, my man, I've been very critical of you in the past. Um, but I like send me your address. Um, I think I'm gonna send you like a fruit basket or what are those uh like the chocolate fruit things? Um uh what are those baskets, guys? I need to edible send edible arrangements. I need to send Derek Carr an edible arrangement. Uh so anybody that has the hookup for Derek Carr, uh just just let me know. I need to get this out to him as soon as possible. Here was my second take on the NFL record, you know, being 17-game seasons. We should include playoff games for records. So my whole thought mm. is playoff games are the most important games of the season. And for some reason, we just don't count them when, like, records are set. So, like, when if you look at, like, the stats of, you know, guys like uh, – I'm trying to think of people who, who people screenshot all the time and say shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, basically. Like – Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, guys like that. Kurt Warner is another one. If you're looking at their numbers and you don't include the playoff games, they make no sense at all. So I think season-long stats should include also the playoffs because it's not like we're promising that everyone played a healthy 16 games anyway. So you might as well just like record what the games are and then have separate stats for season-long, including the playoffs, and then just the regular season. It, it never really made sense to me. That we don't count the most important games. 
See it like for me, it, it's just kind of like unevening the playing field once again. I didn't think we'd actually get into this long of a discussion about this, <laughs> but like, God, this is what the NFL does to us, guys. This is so brilliant. <laughs> like, look, I like God. I hate the NFL so much, but I love you. Um, like, I, I just think that creates another uneven playing field here. So if we want to debate whether or not the records counted from 16 to 17 games, then you'd have to have the conversation. Well, now we get to include playoff runs. Does it like it, it just call it, you know, the, the 17 games, call it the regular season. Cause you know what? There are so many T or so many players on good teams that just don't or so many good players on bad teams that just might not make it to the postseason. Like, and I, I want to know who, uh, who the good players are. And like, sometimes yes, like a, a player can absolutely put a team on their back and carry them to a postseason. but it is a team sport. And uh, sometimes you can't escape the bad coaching. Sometimes you can't escape uh, the bad drafts, the bad play calling. So I, I'm just saying, I, I just think it would be fun going into this weekend and being like, TJ Watt and Cooper Cup still have a chance to break the season-long records. And I feel like that's something to root for. Like, add more fun to the playoffs. We can still root for them. We can. St- I'm still rooting for uh, TJ Watt. I'm still rooting for Cooper Cup. But um, you know what, Justice? I think we just got to nix it in the bud now. We got to keep this from spiraling outward. Um, I, I'm just going to make the collective decision for us all. Regular season uh, regardless of number of games and that that's that i'm always in favor of chaos so let's do it let, let, <laughs> let's let's roll the dice and see what happens i also am in favor of like all the old old school like tv analysts and how upset they'd get about it and it would just cause it, it would just cause a, a storm of problems so let's do it I, i'm about it but <laughs> Let's get into this Patriots and Bills game. It's the second Saturday game of wildcard weekend. Obviously, these teams split the season series, so this is the third matchup. But we can throw that first matchup totally out the window, I think, where Mac Jones only threw three passes and the Patriots just dominated in the running game. Uh, It's expected to be really cold in Buffalo. We already talked about, uh, I I don't even know, who was it? Uh, Bart Scott, who, who told... Uh, Josh Allen to just take Viagra to keep himself warm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they do that. Um, it, it seems like it's not that bad of advice. Like honestly, if you don't get flagged for it. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, so a couple of things on that. Yes, it was Bart Scott. Um, he said that uh, I don't know if players still do this, but you know, players did do this all the time for these uh, very cold games. For those of you unfamiliar with how Viagra works, it's a vasodilator. It makes the blood vessels relax um, and allows some more blood flow, which uh, do that, do without what you will. Um, but essentially, hopefully it would keep him warmer. But I just um, I know and uh, we've already heard a, a couple of players come out to say that there might be the potential that Viagra could cause like a PED violation. Uh, which I don't know the truth to that, but um, just sounds like everybody's really going to be on the watch for this Viagra now. And um, Hey, if you do it in your free time, I'm not here to judge. Um, But I, 
I, I think the best solution for this entire game uh, in, in one of these cold games is just uh, maybe bring LaShawn McCoy back uh, and have him run the ball 30 times. That's my, that's my suggestion for the Buffalo Bills. Well, Josh Allen did kind of torch this Patriots defense the last time they played. Uh, he was fantastic in that game. It was one of those games where he really just kind of put the team on his back and willed them to a victory and really wound up being the deciding factor in them winning the AFC East this season. But as far as their pass catchers go, like obviously you want to find a way to get digs in. I, I think Dawson Knox is a reliable enough tight end. You can try to get him into your lineup, but how do we feel about these other bills pass catchers? Like Isaiah McKenzie had a big game the last time they played the Patriots, but they were obviously shorthanded at wide receivers. So I'm curious how you guys feel about those guys. I'm trying to stay away from some of these like secondary options here. Um, in terms of their wide receivers, because it really just has been uh, kind of like a roulette situation. But um, I'm actually curious for you guys, like I'm not buying into the wide receivers, but uh, how about Devin Singletary? I'm a little intrigued by Devin Singletary because though he hasn't been overly efficient, uh, they've been using him really heavily. And I do think that that's been, um, you know, a, perhaps a significant part of, uh, their recent win streak and just the the recent rhythm that they've gotten into uh, over the past four four games, uh, averaging twenty touches per game. Uh, sorry, twenty one touches per game. He's been scoring touchdowns. I think Devin Singletary could be a really nice option uh, if they continue to give him the work. I actually really like that angle, and I think you know work at the goal line is going to be really important in this game too. With the way that the Patriots have built their secondary and they, you know, they have all these guys who can play around everywhere. They're probably going to play a bunch of tight coverage. We already know this game is going to be a cold weather game. Um, it, it's not going to be great out there. I think the Bills are going to be probably playing the same type of uh, defensive structure. You know, I mean, we, we just watched, you know, a game where Mac Jones do three passes. And then the next game where the Buffalo Bills just pressed the hell out of these Patriots wide receivers and were like, you don't have the speed at wide receiver to have Mac Jones complete these deep balls. So you can't get us out of these press looks. So I really do think it's going to be a running game. And, you know, Devin Singletary in terms of upside, I think is way higher than, you know, any bills, wide receiver, tight end, whatever, who isn't named Stefan Diggs. But I guess it all comes down to uh, how many uh, gas station rhino pills Josh Allen takes, right? Ew. <laughs> yes. I do actually love the the Devin Singletary play as well because like the Patriots secondary is very good and has been very good all season, but the weaker part of their defense is that run defense. So Buffalo ha doesn't exactly have like a high powered rushing attack, but Devin Singletary has been really effective down the stretch for them. Once once they stopped using kind of three running backs and having this running back by committee, and they were just like all right, we're just going to give you all the work and you got to do something with it. He's found a way to do something with it. So I, I like that play a lot. And for the Patriots, I'm not in any way considering starting Mac Jones in a daily lineup or anything like that. I don't trust any of their pass catchers at this point. It, it really comes down to Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson did leave last week's game with a, a head injury, but he's been practicing this week. He's expected to be available. So I, I think Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are guys you could consider for your lineups because 
again, it's going to be cold. And, and I could see the Patriots just saying, okay, we're just going to try to run it down their throats and see if they can stop us. Our uh, next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played all the way back in week six. Uh, the Bucs won that contest. Jalen Hurts struggled to throw the football, but he did have two rushing scores. Miles Sanders is expected to be back for the Eagles. Um, I, I think week six was kind of before the Eagles realized they were bad at passing it and they were really good at rushing the football. So that was a game where you were like, why are you throwing the football? Your running backs can be effective. What are we doing here? And so it's kind of a, a different Eagles offense at this point in the season. I'm still a little cautious with Miles Sanders, who's coming back from the hand injury because I think they're going to have Jordan Howard available. I think Boston Scott's going to be available. So I'm a little worried they're going to try to use like a committee approach. And the Bucks run defense isn't quite as elite as it has been over the last couple of years, but they can still give you some problems. And they got a lot of guys coming back from injured reserve this week. So I, I don't know how I feel uh, about these Eagles running backs. I, I think there's guys like a Devin Singletary that I'd rather pivot to instead of trying to attack this Eagles rushing attack in my lineups. Yeah, it's just, uh, again, to use the word roulette, um, been kind of hard to figure out which – uh, which guy's the guy? And, uh, you know, we we finally had, um, you know, some notion that it was Boston Scott, then COVID hit. And it was just, um, I feel like every single week we have a reason not to trust uh, whatever outcome of the week prior. Um, like, it, it's just, it's a confusing mashup of uh, running backs. But you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter to the Eagles because it, like, whoever's in there uh, is is getting the job done. So, um, you know, maybe if you want to like just target one of these guys, like what would who would be your your pick for a dart throw at this point? Would uh, like Kenny Gainwell? He's sitting at forty four hundred dollars, um, which is like a bottom of the barrel this week. Uh, it, it, like any sort of uh, curiosity in terms of salary cap relief? Javion Hawkins four thousand. Anyway, and I think you'd have to if Miles Sanders is getting the starts and you assume he's going to get a reasonable number of snaps. I think you've got to go Miles Sanders, but just because I have to ask myself so many questions about whether or not I should put him in my lineup means that I probably just want to avoid him yep. in this one. And, you know, the, the Bucks passing defense, and we've talked about how injured they've been all season long. Like it, they've been a favorable matchup. But again, the Eagles taking this heavy rushing approach has really limited the value of their pass catchers, especially Devontae Smith, who just I think he hasn't had more than five targets in eight weeks or something like that. It's Dallas Goddard has been really effective. So I think he's a player that you can target in your lineups. But I, I think I'm just avoiding the Philadelphia Eagles this week, e even though it seems like it's a reasonable matchup on paper against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as far as the Bucs go, you know, they're thin at pass catcher. Uh, now they lost Cyril Grayson, uh, who had been really effective for them. Uh, it, it's down to Mike Evans. It's down to Gronk and Tyler Johnson and Rashad Perriman, I, I guess, are their pass catchers. Leonard Fournette is expected to return in this football game. So maybe there is a little bit of playoff Lenny magic left from last year. You can maybe squeeze him into your lineup. But I, I'm still not pivoting away from Tom Brady. Like, he's still Tom Brady. It's still the playoffs. I still think he's going to find a way to put this together. And, and I just think the Bucs are, are, are just 
seriously overmatching the Eagles for the most part, even with how thin they are at pass catcher. Yeah, Brady comes in uh, third most expensive quarterback on the slate. And I think it's kind of interesting because you have uh, Josh Allen, who did like torch the Bills, uh, their last matchup, but, um, you know, or sorry, torch the, the Patriots in their last matchup. Um, Mahomes obviously did his thing against Pittsburgh, but both uh, the Patriots defense and the Steelers defense um, can, uh, you know, do their thing. Uh, Philadelphia, not so scary. Um, so the fact that you have like the best quarterback in the NFL who, uh, if we're going to give it uh, the MVP to a quarterback, it's going to be Tom Brady for me. Um, it, you have uh, the MVP as the third most expensive quarterback on the weekend slate. I'll take that all day. Yeah, I, this game is just so weird. I mean, this almost doesn't feel like a playoff game, right? The Eagles, Bucks, and Steelers, Chiefs are the two games where it's like I feel like we don't even need to play this game. Really, we could just kind of <laughs> super sim. Players don't have to get hurt. I mean, what what is the path to victory for Philadelphia in this? Because you assume Tom Brady isn't going to turn the ball over a ton, so you're going to have to score. So the scoring is coming from. Jalen hurts his legs and Dallas Goddard. Like outside of that, where, where do they have the matchups? That's basically their, their two plus, you know, traits coming into this game. Yeah. Like I, I feel like their, their running backs have to have monster performances. I, I, I forgot to look this up, but I believe Miles Sanders still has yet to score a touchdown this season. So while I think Miles Sanders is a good running back and he, he's shown signs this year, coming off the injury and the fact that he still hasn't found the end zone. I, I, I just think it's hard to have any faith in, in this Eagles offense. So what are we projecting uh, like in terms of touches for playoff Lenny? It sounds like he should, should be a go, but um, you know, for the injury that he's coming off of, I like, he doesn't seem to be at much of a discount, uh, even though uh, he's still like, it, it's a good matchup, I guess. But um Fournette still comes in kind of pricey, $5,900. Obviously, the upside is huge, but do they throw him back into a full-time workload uh, just for immediately returning from injury? Like, I can get Devin Singletary and save $200. Uh, what are we really projecting for Fournette in this matchup? I think that's probably one of the biggest questions on this whole slate for me. I wouldn't assume a full workload, and I don't think that – in, unless it's a tight game at the end where they need to seal some downs, like why would they even use Fournette in that way? You know what I mean? So I'm sure he'll get some touches just to kind of get back into the groove of things. But like, why wouldn't Ronald Jones take a ton of those touches away? You know? Yeah. Well, Ronald Jones is actually banged up and they're worried that he's not going to be available this week. So he might not be there, but they are getting Giovanni Bernard back from IR. They've still got Le'Veon Bell on this. There's that stud, Keyshawn Vaughn. Don't forget Keyshawn. So they they do Vanderbilt. Yeah, they've got plenty of running backs to kind of fill that role. Also, this Tampa offense, even with how thin they are at pass catcher, they're not above just being like, whatever, we'll just throw it 50 times. Like we we don't really care. That that that's kind of the Bruce Arians uh, approach. So I wouldn't be shocked about that. And yeah, the, the price tag for Leonard Fournette, it, it's not exactly where I'd want it to be for a guy coming off of an injury. 
to where I'd say like, I have to get that guy in my lineup. I, I think there's some other better value plays on the board this weekend, but let's take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll get into what I hope is the game of the weekend between the Niners and the Cowboys. That's coming up next on NFL reacts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. Y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting... One more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back in to NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. The Niners and the Cowboys has all the makings of a fantastic wildcard weekend football game. San Francisco 49ers offense is finally healthy and looks like it's ready for this shootout. Uh, Their run defense has been really good this season, and the Cowboys' last performance was against those Philadelphia Eagles where Dak Prescott went absolutely nuts and he had five touchdowns, and the Eagles were kind of resting some players in that game, so it wasn't like they had had their, their full strength defense on the field or anything like that. But we've seen this Cowboys offense kind of go up and down this season despite how talented they are. And San Francisco, despite the limitations of Jimmy Garoppolo and the way that he kind of holds them back at times, their offensive weapons are truly elite, in my opinion. Debo Samuel is just an otherworldly football god. And Elijah Mitchell has been fantastic when he's been healthy this season. We know how dominant George Kittle is. Brandon Ayuk has really come on down the stretch for them. So... I think that I I want the Cowboys to be the best team in the NFC kind of, but I kind of feel like San Francisco has got a really good chance of upsetting them this weekend with the way that they've been playing lately. San Francisco has just been playing like Steven, you mentioned all of their just elite offensive weapons, but I mean, their defense, they've just had a lot of key plays. They've been solid against the rush Um, We even saw like a rookie Ambry Thomas make like the game winning play. Like he, you're just seeing sort of across the board, the emergence of, um, you know, all of these different aspects of the game coming together to form a really solid 49ers team in just pretty much each phase of the game. Um, I I don't know though. It, It is hard. Like for some of these ancillary weapons, like I think Debo, um, even as uh, the second 
highest priced wide receiver of the weekend. Um, he feels like just a must play for me, $8,100, uh, just because of his versatility. Uh, they're going to generate touches for him. Uh, and when they do, he is going to uh, like score Buku points. Um, but what about the guys lower on the totem pole? How are we feeling about their uh, potential? Because you have Brandon Ayuk, who's a relatively uh, inexpensive option this week, $5,400. Um, like, are you trusting maybe like a Juwan Jennings who had a breakout game? Uh, $3,800 for that kind of upside. Uh, which of these guys would you rather put in your lineups as uh, some of these like tertiary options in the 49ers offense? I love the idea of Ayuk. I mean, I, I think Kyle Shanahan, one, I think this game is going to be real high scoring, right? Um, the Niners are healthier than they have been all season. And outside of the right side of the offensive line and the quarterback situation, and I know Jimmy just played his mind out in the second half of the last game that we saw him, but I, I don't know how much we're, we're trying to project that moving forward. If he looks like that every game, I mean, they wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance with the you know third overall pick or whatever. But – um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Kyle Shanahan is salivating at the idea of Trayvon Diggs, who just got uh, the most votes at cornerback uh, in the all-pro voting, so he's first-team all-pro. All the PFF guys will tell you, like, he's got those interceptions, but no one's allowed more yards, you know, in, in the passing game than him. So as much as he takes, he gives. Um, and you have to think the idea of, you know, Kyle Shanahan spending a week of putting him under the microscope and being like, we can get him up in – you know, we can get open against him on on this, this, and this, you know, especially with the play action stuff that he does. I, I love the idea of Ayuk being able to kind of like burn guys downfield. And, you know, it's not going to be Kittle on, on Diggs, so it's got to be him. And Debo's going to be doing so much stuff in the backfield, et cetera, that I don't think it's probably going to be him either. Yeah, I, I love Ayuk. I, I don't think I can trust uh, Jawan Jennings after that breakout game. And he's had some moments down the last month of the season or so where it, it wasn't just that game. But I, I think that Ayuk's got a safer floor in this one. And yeah, like Justice was saying, you can beat this Cowboys secondary. So I like all of the 49ers pass catchers in this one. And I don't hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Jimmy knows he is on his last dance with the San Francisco 49ers. He's probably going to be playing for another team next year. So Jimmy, I think is going to come out and sling this thing. Like I hope that what we saw last week in Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams is what we get against the Cowboys, because I, I just want this game to, to be everything that we think it can be going into it. It's that, you know, classic NFC matchup in the playoffs. And both these teams can put up points like crazy. For the Cowboys, I think that Dak Prescott can, of course, be in your lineup. He's coming off that huge five-touchdown performance, but he has struggled a little bit as of late. I'd be really cautious with the Cowboys' running game, whether it's Zeke or Tony Pollard, because the Niners' run defense has actually been really good all season, and the Cowboys' rushing offense has just been kind of an inefficient mess. So I don't really trust either running back in this game, but I, I still think that that questionable Niners secondary, you can attack the Cowboys pass catchers, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. I think all those guys are guys you can consider. And I think Cedric Wilson is a guy that you could also get into your lineup. Does Cedric Wilson get a passing touchdown on this game? I mean, they got to be kicking so. something up. <laughs> Kellen Moore is, is getting head coaching interviews. You would think that, you know, he's going to use the Juco quarterback 
to uh, get a couple gadget plays in. And that would be very fun. Uh, I do want to say, Stephen, like you mentioned, the run game couldn't pay me uh, enough money, salary back into my DraftKings lineup to get these running backs involved. Um, and like another thing uh, that just is is even scarier, you have the the return of Tony Pollard in this game uh, was out last week. So we're, we're you know seeing him getting in a full practice. Uh, he's been the more efficient running back, but uh, you're just going to get a split split carry load between these two guys. And I don't think either of them are going to find uh, really much success at all. Um, but I, I definitely just across the board, I want the receiving weapons in this game. I'll take the passing weapons. I just, I'm hoping for a shootout. And I think uh, both of the defenses uh, are, are conducive to allowing that to happen. Before we move off this game, just because we were kind of talking about the Leonard Fournette price tag, the fact that Elijah Mitchell is cheaper than Leonard Fournette's is crazy in my mind. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, you know that when he is active, he is going to be the early down lead back for one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. And the Cowboys have been okay against the run this year, but I think some of those numbers are kind of flawed. Like I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to rush in this football game. So I would much rather have Elijah Mitchell at a cheaper price tag in my lineup than Leonard Fournette this week. I think it's absolutely bananas that he's cheaper than Leonard Fournette going into this football game. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Um, I'm sorry, Kate. You know, I, I understand that the Chiefs and Steelers have big fan bases, and so they draw an audience. I, I'm not thrilled that this is how I got to end my my Sunday on Wild Card Weekend. But as far as the Steelers go, Ben is playing the oh, we're terrible. We're we're an awful football team. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and they're gonna <laughs> just walk all over us. We don't stand a chance. Uh, it, it's an interesting route for Ben Roethlisberger to go. But I, I am nervous about he's him. playing the media like a fiddle, like I'm a fiddle about him, obviously. And we, we've talked about this game a ton this week. And I love Najee Harris coming into this one. The Chiefs have been giving up rushing yards to pretty much everybody they're playing. But as far as the pass catchers go, like you can play them, but it's like if you've been playing them all season long, you're basically just hoping for touchdowns because you're not going to get massive yardage totals from them. For some reason, the Steelers keep throwing the football over 40 times a game. Um, to uh, Ray Ray McLeod, question mark. Why? Yeah, Why? I, I, I don't understand that. I, I just think that. Ben Roethlisberger is so limited as a passer. It's really difficult for them to really even adjust their passing offense in any way. Uh, this is a game where I think Mike Tomlin knows that they're heavy underdogs and that they're going to have to do some drastic stuff to have a chance to really put up enough points. So I wouldn't be shocked if there was some, you know, fake punts, trick plays, things like that to try to just get points on the board for the Steelers. But outside of Najee Harris, I'm having a hard time buying into anybody in this offense this week. Even Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's like the one guy that I'm kind of um, like, it's just, it's so hard to stray away from him because of the volume. Um, it, like he's had uh, 25 targets in the last two games. Hasn't amounted to really anything, uh, but he remains the best weapon that this offense has. You have Najee Harris, who he did have an elbow injury um, 
like everybody says he's been uh, aggressively approaching his rehab, but if they are going to put this game on the back of uh, Ben Roethlisberger as a Steelers fan, I'm not happy to hear that, but from a, a fantasy perspective, it's so hard to find a wide receiver that uh, could see the kind of volume that Deontay is going to see at the price tag that Deontay, uh, that Deontay has. He's just never valued as a top wide receiver. And um, I, I feel like that just makes him a great value play every week because the upside is ginormous. I love Deontay's talent. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. And yes, he is the safest one. And he did have a garbage time touchdown against the Chiefs when they played in week 16. 17.8 PPR points per game. Yeah, it's just I think that there's higher ceiling guys I think that you could attack. But he is going to be one of the safer options in your lineups. Do do we think. Okay, you you said Ben is playing the media like a fiddle. Mm -hmm. He kind of almost sounds genuine to me because he had the whole thing where. He was talking about retiring and he's like, I, I play terrible. I should just quit. And you could hear the sarcasm. The way he was talking to that presser, it sounded like he was like, guys, we already did the farewell tour thing. Like I went out with the win. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much he wants to end his career, you know, getting drubbed by the Kansas City Chiefs and going out like Marino against the uh, Jaguars. I don't think he wants that. Uh, I think he wants to go out uh, feeling like a stud muffin. So that's why, like, it, Ben Roethlisberger, I feel like, is such a mental quarterback. Like, when he's feeling good, um, like, you can you can tell when he's feeling confident, when he's not feeling confident. And it's so heavily reflected in his playing. Um, I do think that it's he loves the underdog mentality. It's kind of like... Uh, we talk about Tom Brady loving being the underdog because he just finds excuses to get angry and uh, excuses to to get himself ramped up. I think Ben Roethlisberger is kind of the same guy in that way. Um, would he prefer probably just to go out uh, with his victory lap around Heinz Field? Maybe. But uh, I also think like what better way to end your career than, I don't know, uh, like a crazy unexpected postseason run over one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, I, like if you, I, I'm not, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to win uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I could picture them covering uh, what are we at? 12 and a half points. Um, I'm just saying I, I, I wouldn't count that out. Cause I do think as a Steelers fan, uh, I, I hate when we're favored. I love when we're underdogs. Cause it just, Adds a little spice, a little paprika into the mix. Um, I, I like a little of that cayenne pepper to to get us going for the for the year. I like it. I'm gonna give Ben a tip. This, this is not the game to throw to Najee Harris on uh, fourth and ten, a fourth and ten bubble. This this is not this, the one. No, let me give you uh, a tip, Ben. Um, this is the game uh, to throw beyond the line of scrimmage at some point in the game. Just. Well, it's an idea. The The problem isn't necessarily that he just can't do it. It's that there's just not velocity on the football. So it takes forever to get there when he does that. Do, 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 do. If, if the Steelers somehow pull off this massive upset over the Chiefs, it'll be the worst loss in Patrick Mahomes' career. Okay, but uh, since we, I mean, we have the resident They almost Steelers lost fan, to Jordan Love. We have <laughs> like, Mr. Arrowhead Pride. 
So what are we going to do? Um, I think we need a bet of some sort, Stephen. We've got to put something on the line. Um, if, if, how about this? All right. If, uh, if the Steelers win, you have to Photoshop your head onto Ben Roethlisberger's body and keep it as your profile picture for one week. If the Steelers lose, which they probably will. So this is kind of a BS bet. Um, I'll, I'll do, I'll Photoshop my head onto Patrick Mahomes's body and have that as my profile picture for the week. Um, which I, gosh, if I, if I was as tall and muscular as Patrick Mahomes, um, that would, that would just make my day. But, um, I, I think we need to have something spicy on the line just to make this a little more interesting for the fans. I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll totally do that. If the Steelers win this football game, because that's how that that's how big of an upset <laughs> this would be. Like, I have no problems doing that. See, you, you know what? I feel like I should get like I need some points back. I need some. Uh, I need something to even up the playing field because like it's just it, it, the odds are too high that I'm going to be photoshopped onto Patrick Mahomes's body. So I don't know. I need to come up with something to even the playing field a little bit, but. Just a little thing uh, to keep it spicy for the NFL reacts community here. We can, we, we can work on that. I'm willing to concede a little bit to you because they are <laughs> such heavy underdogs in this game. If in a, in a terrible circumstance, if Dachi Harris does not wind up going in this game, are we getting Benny Snell no. into our lineups? No, no, no consideration at all for Benny, Benny Snell. Snell. Benny Snell would not put Benny Snell in his lineups. <laughs> okay. You heard it from Kate. Do not put Benny Snell in your lineup. He's going to actually, he had um, like last week was the best game of his career by far. Like he looked great, but just generally speaking, Benny Snell is not a fantastic football player. So no, not, not trusting that even off of like the best he's ever looked in an NFL football game. Sorry. For the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, obviously the the regular cast of characters, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, who is dealing with a heel injury, but he's been practicing this week. Seems like he's going to be good to go. Uh, we assume that he's going to be 100% going in this game. I think you can still get all those guys in your lineups. Travis Kelsey actually did not play in the Week 16 contest. He was out on the COVID list. Tyreek Hill had just come back from the COVID list was on a limited snap count because he did not practice. So those guys weren't even heavily involved in that game plan. I expect them to be involved here. And it sounds like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably not going to go. He returned to practice earlier this week on Wednesday, but then was not at practice on Thursday. So maybe he reaggravated something or he's dealing with something. I would assume he's not going to go. So Daryl Williams is a guy I think you can get in your lineup in a favorable matchup against the Steelers run defense. Yeah, the the Steelers defense, the way to attack them is is definitely going to be all over the ground. Um, shout out once again, Derek Gore. Uh, I, he might be a fun, fun little upside option. I I can't quit the guy. Um, he's he's just a really great football player. But I could picture him breaking off uh, a couple of nice, nice little runs against the Steelers defense. Final wild card weekend game. Monday night, uh, I, I keep slipping up and, and forgetting that it's on Monday night, but it is the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner are both banged up heading into this one. It, it would be 
an incredible storyline for me if uh, Cam Akers just winds up like exploding in this playoff game. I, I'm going to assume it's probably not going to happen, but he did return to action last week for the Rams on a limited snap count. It was just cool to see him back that fast after tearing his Achilles. I, I'm curious how you guys feel approaching the Arizona Cardinals in this one. You know, they really struggled down the stretch, lost four out of five games to end the season. And they're, they just haven't been as explosive, haven't been as dominant as they were early in the season when they were the last undefeated team. It looked like they had an argument to be the best team in the NFL. I, I'm curious how you feel in the rubber match between the Cardinals and the Rams on Monday night. I feel really good about the Rams here, honestly. Um, and I understand, I understand the hype about Arizona, but if you just look at the trajectory of how Kyler Murray plays and how he plays down the stretch and when he gets banged up and with his rushing, you know, attempts, yards, touchdowns going down in the second half of the season, every single year, they're, they're seven and uh, seven and 15 Arizona is from November on in Kyler Murray's career. When he started, I really just think that in terms of the rubber match, that first Rams Cardinals game, the story coming out of that really to me, was Matthew Stafford wasn't making routine plays. They had guys open downfield. The second time the, the Rams won, I think this is going to be a lot more reflective of that second matchup than that first one. Um, I kind of think the Cardinals uh, are, are living on borrowed time a little bit, right? Um, the fact that they didn't extend Cliff Kingsbury when his agent floated his name out for that Oklahoma job is just still like – a cloud over everything, right? It seemed like he wanted to strike when the iron is hot. Now you're getting him against McVay. I know McVay does weird stuff on, you know, fourth downs in terms of like game management stuff, but I really do think like even in terms of like pure passing, the the Rams are a better progression passing team right now than the Cardinals, and that should be the Cardinals calling card. I know everyone wants to bring up, you know, their season-long DVOA stuff and say, you know, they're still kind of a defensive team. Joe Walker replaced Zayvon Collins, their first-round uh, linebacker, like two weeks ago. And now Joe Walker is it was just released, right? So they're still tinkering with things on the defensive side, too. It's not like they're a lockdown unit across the board. As far as the Rams go, you know, Matthew Stafford has had his ups and downs recently. He's throwing a lot more interceptions, but I still have faith in the Rams passing attack. He is dealing with a toe injury at the moment, but I, I still like Matthew Stafford in this game. I uh, threw three touchdowns uh, in his last performance against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think there's a case to be made for all, all of their pass catchers, but we can get into that a, a little bit more in the pick three. I do want to get to our final NFL reacts poll, which wildcard weekend game are you most looking forward to the Patriots at the bills? Somehow, shockingly, it led the way 25% of the vote. Niners at Cowboys, 23% of the vote. Cardinals at Rams, 17%. Raiders at Bengals, 15%. Steelers at Chiefs, 13%. And Eagles at Bucks, 8%. Uh, again, I think it is absolutely shocking that the Patriots and Bills led this thing. And I think it's shocking that the Raiders and Bengals aren't a little bit higher on that list. NFL That's Reacts community, player. this is like absolutely unacceptable. Um, I have to imagine that there were a bunch of like Patriots and Bills fans just voting as many times as they could because uh, this game does not belong. Number one, number one is easily Niners Cowboys. Um, but like the biggest uh, snub of this entire night at uh, Eagles at Bucks, 8%. Um, 
I, I don't know if it's the injuries to the Bucks receiving core. Um, I don't really know. Like, I, I think this is going to be a much better game than uh, especially the Steelers Chiefs. That needs to be at the bottom of the pile. Um, I just think this whole poll, I, I'd like to try again uh, and get different results because it's Niners Cowboys easily. Yeah, Raiders Bengals would have been my second pick if they were fourth. I I I, I feel like flip flip Pat's Bills and Raiders Bengals here, and I think that's pretty close to what my list is. But goodness gracious, Patriots Bills! I don't. You guys like watching uh, cold weather football where it's just like three yard runs? <laughs> yeah, is, is our that what NFL we're reacts community just loves Smash Mouth football in cold weather. That's what they're all about. <laughs> Uh, that is, yeah, that's just absolutely yeah. shocking. Guys, but, we need to talk. Come on. <laughs> but we do this each and every week, try to help you get set up in your DraftKings lineups. It is our pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Going to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups. We got one quarterback, one wide receiver, and one running back. And then Justice will give you his three favorite bets of the weekend. Kate, kick us off with your pick three quarterback. All right, we're rolling with Jalen Hurts this week at $6,100. Like, shame on you, DraftKings, for uh, making my man uh, only $500 more expensive than his backup, Gardner Minshew, on this week's slate. Um, It's it's a decent matchup. Uh, The Bucs have allowed uh, the 26th most points to the quarterback position. Uh, Like, uh, I just think this is a, a great shining moment for this rushing quarterback who's just um absolutely killing it uh you know last last week had uh 44 rushing yards um but on the season 784 rushing yards for this guy um he's essentially your quarterback he's your running back he is the complete package uh and he's going to need to use his arms and his legs if they're going to uh look to uh, even budge the needle on this Bucks uh, just overall unit. I, I think he's in a great spot. And God, the value guy is so good. Yeah, I, I do like Jalen Hurts' value, especially with his his rushing upside. So I think that's a fantastic pick. My pick three quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Uh, it feels like Stafford is kind of a steal at $6,300. I was a little shocked that that's how much he cost this week going against the Arizona Cardinals. It's the third time these two teams will square off this season. In the last matchup, Stafford threw three touchdowns. The first one, he had two touchdowns. So it it feels like a two-touchdown performance is kind of Matthew Stafford's floor in this one. I expect both teams to try to put up points. Of course, he's been throwing some bad interceptions lately, but I've got faith in this Rams offense overall. So uh, I love Stafford even dealing with the toe injury. He's been practicing this week. I think he's going to be totally fine in this contest at $6,300. It it feels ridiculous that he's that cheap. So love Matthew Stafford. Kate, your pick three running back. All right. I, I talked about him earlier. I'm going with Devin Singletary at $5,700. Um, I mean, the bills have been, has been absolutely riding with Devin Singletary uh, since last year, there have just been five games uh, where Devin Singletary has had more than 15 rushing attempts. 
Uh, and guess what? Uh, the Bills are a much better team when they do that. I have to imagine that they're looking at those splits as well. Um, I, I We talked about the weather. This is going to be a game uh, of smash mouth football. I love the value here, but I mean, Devin Singletary is a guy who hasn't had fewer than 17 touches in any of his last four outings. Like for the volume you're getting there with that price tag at $5,700, I think Devin Singletary is like a must play in this game. My pick three running back is Chiefs running back Daryl Williams. It was actually just confirmed that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not at practice on Friday for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I would assume he is going to be out in this contest. Daryl's turned into a, a nice pass catcher for the Kansas City Chiefs offense, actually. So he's got some upside there. The Steelers defense has been giving up huge chunks of rushing yards all season. At only $5,500, he feels like a safe bet to see a sizable workload this week. I also think the Chiefs know they can win this game. So without totally unwrapping their offense, I think they could wind up leaning on Daryl Williams kind of heavy in the second half of this one. Andy Reid's been known to kind of play it safe at times in the playoffs and just try to secure the victory. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see that kind of approach this weekend. So he doesn't really have to open up the playbook. So I love Daryl Williams, your pick three running back, Kate, or wide receiver. I'm rolling with Brandon Ayuk in this one. I think, uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite games on the slate. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's been, uh, like we said, he's been out of the doghouse. He has been released averaging six targets per game over the last five outings. Uh, and you know what? He's, he's been putting up either yardage or a touchdown in, uh, four out of his last five games, uh, he at least had a touchdown or over 90 yards. Um, I'll take that all day. And I do think that this Cowboys offense or Cowboys defense is going to be capable of giving up some, some chunk plays. Uh, let's go Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and you know, in their last game, uh, their last matchup last year, Ayuk saw 13 targets, 73 receiving yards and a score. Uh, I want them to, to get him involved again. Uh, and I think he could have a, a nice day. Yes. Please give us a shootout in that game. This one has burned me a couple of times this season, but I really want to pair a Rams wide receiver with Matthew Stafford. Van Jefferson is the most cost effective. He's only $4,700. A while back, he looked like he was really carving out a large role for himself in this Rams offense, but that's kind of fallen off a bit down the stretch. Jefferson did find the end zone in both matchups earlier this year against the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm hoping for that same kind of fortune this week when they take on the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night football. We know the Rams are going to throw the football a ton and Jefferson again is the most cost cost effective Rams wide receiver. So I like Van Jefferson. Hopefully it doesn't burn me too bad this week. Justice, your pick three bets. I'm going to start with the total. Uh, slim pickings. So we're going to, we're going to get off of the uh, point spread and get into the total over here under 44 points, new England Buffalo. Um, we've been talking about it all show, you know, it's going to be a cold weather game. I think Buffalo is going to press the heck out of these Patriots wide receivers. Uh, Mac Jones isn't going to be able to take deep shots with, you know, his arm strength and the speed that they have. Um, and then I think new England is going to try to bottle up Buffalo, honestly. So it's going to be short completions. It's going to be a running game. The clock is going to move a ton. Um, I, I really do believe in the, the under in this game, and I know no one wants to root for unders in a playoff game, but there we go for uh, the uh, NFL Reacts polls, number one watchable game of the week. Uh, San Francisco plus three at Dallas is my second pick. I just think this is going to be a shootout, and if you're giving me you know a full field goal 
um, in a shootout. I'm, I'm going to end up taking it. Um, the, the big thing here is just it hinges on Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to be a firefighter or is he going to be an arsonist in this game, right? Um, as, as long as he's not arsonist Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel pretty good about San Francisco, who's never been more healthy than they are right now. And Dallas is, you know, banged up with Gallup out, um, with whatever's happening in the running back unit, uh, with Dak not looking the same for the past couple, you know, weeks, if not months. Um, I, I really believe in San Francisco in this spot. And then my last pick, Arizona at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are four-point home favorites. I would take them. I just think they kind of have Arizona's number right now. I know they split the in-season series, but Matthew Stafford sure left a whole lot of meat on the bone in that first matchup. And Kyler Murray, like we mentioned before, he's lost two-thirds of his games from November on in his NFL career. When he gets banged up, he looks like a whole lot different. When Nuke isn't out there, he looks a whole lot different. Um, And at the end of the day, Cliff Kingsbury's going to have to manage this football game to to end up winning. And I, I don't like his chances there. That is our pick three brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the SB Nation NFL show. You can also review on Spotify now. So please do your part. Help us uh, beef up those reviews on Spotify. We'll be very appreciative of it. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I wish everyone in their squads some playoff fortune on wildcard weekend uh, across the NFL. We'll talk to you guys next week.